What's that on the horizon? Is it, could it be, Crom? This week, we watch Conan the Barbarian, the good one. Hello, satirists! And welcome to Swords and Satire, the fantasy podcast where we turn low fantasy into high art. I'm your dungeon manager, Jamie Mokel, and I'm here with my co-host this week who will now introduce themselves to you. Hello, my name is Jack Olander. I will be fulfilling the role of minion number one, and my job is replacing the torches every three to four hours. And I'm Chelsea Hollowell, chronicler of memes. <laughs> well, guys, uh, why don't we talk a little bit about what Swords and Satire is all about? Uh, this is a podcast where we can get together and talk about uh, the fantasy movies that we love to watch and uh, what makes them good? What makes them bad? What makes them great? <laughs> what about them is bad, which makes them good and great. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's right. Um, so every, uh, every episode we're going to talk about um, a fantasy movie or other piece of fantasy fiction. And we're talking medieval style fantasy here uh, for the most part. Things like that. Um, of the sword and sorcery genre, so es- to speak. Especially of the sword and sorcery genre, yes. Uh, we'll talk about it from uh, a couple of perspectives, a few perspectives. We'll take deep dives into some of the themes and uh, messages, allegories and imagery. We'll talk about characters and uh, the inspiration for some of these films. Some of our favorite quotes. Just generally notable things from the films. (laughs) That's right. And uh, we'll give, at the end, we'll give each movie a rating in a system based on number of swords. Because what other rating system is there other than swords? (laughs) Perhaps sorcery points, but, well, that's not important. Uh Oh, I think that might be uh, copywritten. We might need to be careful with that. Oh, yes. So, this week, to start off our podcast, we have selected probably the greatest introductory movie to the sword and sorcery genre, Conan the Barbarian, Arnold Schwarzenegger's 1982 classic. By Crumb! (laughs) That was good. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So, we'll um, start by giving a brief summary of the movie. Yeah, so what happens? Well, I mean, the most important thing to note is that uh, Conan pushes a giant wheel, but I guess that's not the first thing that happens. It might be the most important thing that happens in the movie, though. Mm, arguably. Yeah. Yes. Actually, so so the movie starts out with a attack on a village of Sumerians, the northern tribes of the world of Hyperborea that the Conan fiction takes place in. But the important thing to note about the tribe is that they know the secrets of steel. The riddle of steel. The The mystery of steel. (laughs) Taught to them by Krom, 
Yours truly. <laughs> but yeah. so the snake people come. Yes, Thulsa Doom. <laughs> and then Thulsa Doom. <laughs> yes. So uh, as we learn, these people are harvesting children. And so they need to get rid of all those pesky adults in the village. Yes. They do a good job. They really, they probably do the most effective way of, um, of doing that. <laughs> <laughs> it is a raid, after all. I think you can extrapolate what happens. Yeah. From this. And during this, uh, Conan has his, his first taste of tragedy when, uh, while uh, his mother tries to defend him, and, well, she loses her head for it. So. <laughs> yeah. And then he's recruited by uh, the slavers who have a very interesting way of selecting their gladiators. Yes. Yeah, basically whoever survives pushing a giant wheel for many years gets <laughs> yeah. to become their top, their, you know, uh, <laughs> Hyperborea's next top gladiator. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then there's a time jump of about 15 years where he becomes yoked Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> and he's pushing the mill that took 20 people by himself. And they thought he did such a good job, they made a little mill on a necklace just yeah, for him. It's That's true. right, yes. It's also kind of like an existential mill, because I don't think they're actually grinding anything with that. Thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they're just grinding. It's, it's uh... Like, the gristle of this mill is your own identity. You're building grinding character <laughs> and <Yes>. muscles. <laughs> well, okay, so it seems like... Um, I guess he doesn't really uh, use the, the muscle to stage any kind of escape, though. It, it seems like... Yeah, he doesn't try to escape at all. He kind of, like, leans hard into the role of being a gladiator. Yeah, yeah he seems really into it. Oh, yeah, yes. After that. As a result of him getting very strong, they sort of put him in the role of being a pit fighter, a gladiator, where they just kind of throw him into the heat of battle, and his impossible, horrible girth allows him <laughs> to get his first victory by killing a man, and eventually he grows to like the the taste of battle. Yeah, we get kind of a murder montage in the pits. With all the different loincloths. Yes, so many. <laughs> There's a shocking amount of different yeah. outfits. Yeah. So before too long, uh, it seems like for no discernible reason, he's let go. And they force him to leave the camp, but first he tries to stay. He has... No designs on escaping at all. <laughs> he's got major Stockholm Syndrome, or yeah. he's just super into this life he's leading, which is probably the more accurate analysis. Yeah, someone is trying to stage an escape for all the slaves, and after some hesitation and prodding, he starts to run, but he's chased down. It was just supposed to be randomly that Brown. wolves were on his trail, <laughs> and he was running away from them. Running away from the quote-unquote wolves... Yeah. He uh, <laughs> falls into a cave, yes. randomly finds a sword and shield that he somehow thinks is like his by destiny, and then kind of yeah, he's ha hailing Crom. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, <laughs> this is the, this is the first time that he thinks somebody he meets is Crom, and that somebody is the skeleton of an ancient king. Yeah. Yes. It's it's a tomb, I guess, the king's tomb. Yeah, it is like some um, Viking so burial. He becomes a looter and um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, he 
basically seems to get an idea that maybe he does want to get revenge for his people after. Well, him. I mean, I think that that's just his the best excuse he can come up with to get back into the violence trade. Mm -hmm. So he's wandering around, probably you know, trying to figure out where the snake people are. Oh right, and, so uh, so it's important to to point out that uh, in the beginning of the movie he sees uh, Thulsa Doom's standard. Which is two sna uh, a two-headed snake yeah. encircling uh, a sun? A dark sun. A dark sun. Oh, yes, yeah. and a the dark sun. looking at yes. each other, yes. And at the, at the beginning, we kind of get the first taste of Thulsa Doom's magic, where he kind of entrances Conan's mother with his steely, cold blue oh, gaze. Oh, yeah, that's right. We forgot to his say His strong yet gentle impossibly blue eyes. <laughs> so he finds... Well... He's stumbling through a ravine, and a witch calls out to him. Right. Oh, uh, yeah. And, and we get another gonna, uncomfortable scene. Yeah, she's got a hut. And she, and she, uh... She's she crawling sees around him. like an animal. Yep. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And she sees this ripplingly muscled man. And so they start, they start hooking up, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Again, <laughs> not, yeah. uh, not something I was very interested in seeing, but... Sure, sure. But, uh, it is during their nice, uh, not romantic scene, no. I suppose, when she gets all fanged and starts, she goes, like, full witch form. She's starting yeah. to turn into a monster, of she, course. She gets total resting witch face. Yes, she does. <laughs> yeah, that's good. And, uh, um, Conan gets scared and yeets her into the fireplace. <laughs> And she kind of explodes and ruins the shack. At the same I, time, she's just kind of chilling in there screaming. Mm -hmm. So it's hard to know what, exactly what's going on. Yeah, she doesn't try to get at it at all. So either she is just ultra combustible, or there actually is a little trap room door inside the fireplace, like uh, Arnold threw the actress through. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Well, uh... It's supposed there's fire that shoots out and it's screaming like her, so it's supposed to be that she flies away into the night. Oh yeah, the there's like a spirit. Form. That's yeah. right. I can see it. Yes. And so then he's just like, uh, I don't want to have anything to do with this place. He goes around outside. Peace. Find somebody. So at this super point, cool. he, yeah. Then, uh, then he comes across uh, probably my favorite character besides mm -hmm. Conan in this. Well, that's probably not true. I like the wizard a lot, but. Mm -hmm. Uh, Subotai, his um, archer friend, I guess. Yeah. He's, a, he's a bowman who's yes. trapped outside and uh, chained to the wall. He's yes. kind of like Conan's cultural broker. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> kind of, yeah. Like This is the guy who kind of knows a little bit about the world that Conan has never been into since he's never been to like a big oh, city yeah. or anything. I didn't think about that. Yeah. They travel around together to different cities. There's kind of a montage here of them running around the countryside and then going to different cities. Mm -hmm. That part's fun. Conan complaining about the smell of the cities. Them eating street meats and mm -hmm. and, and in this part they have a, an important philosophical debate about the nature of the of their gods. Yes. Because they talk right. about uh, Conan discusses how he Warships Krom, who kind of doesn't care about anybody or anything, and Subotai talks about how he uh, prays to the four winds, which seems like more of a, a little bit more of a philosophy beyond nihilism that Krom seems to exhibit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. In fact, Conan thinks that his friend is Krom when of they course. first meet. Another incidence 
of this happening. <laughs> is that you, Crom? <laughs> no, he responds. He isn't. <laughs> but, yes. At least he's honest. Yeah, he probably true. could have tricked Conan. This is yes. a, the point when they're stumbling through another city at night that Conan <laughs> bumps into a, a camel, becomes startled, and just fucking decks that thing. Yeah, you gotta go watch the... <laughs> The gif of that. It's its pretty incredible to watch Schwarzenegger just slug a camel and then the camel kind of drunkenly falls over. It stumbles back and forth a little bit and then just falls right on his ass. It's you think great. it's just stunned, but no, he executed that thing. <laughs> yep. Oh, I did it again! I did it again! <laughs> yeah, nobody, nobody in the world thinks that what he did was normal. Everyone is looking at him like he's an asshole. <laughs> yeah, but nobody's going to say anything. Look at him. He goes around with no shirt on and those pecs. It's true. If I were just a farmer and I saw him punch one of my animals, I think I'd just kind of look the other way. Yeah, probably not a bad idea. Yeah. So in one of these cities, they figure out that there is a branch of the snake cult. <laughs> a a regional. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, set up here with a huge uh, phallic snake tower. That's uh, yes. that's when we get one of my favorite quotes from the whole movie where they are talking to a random merchant who says, Oh, it's just another snake cult. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, apparently snake cults are a dime a dozen yeah. in whatever uh, city-state they're in. Yeah. It's just a pop-up, you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> they're just coming around. <laughs> and uh, they make a plan to break into the temple. And yes. that's when they meet uh, the third main character. Valeria. Valeria. The, the person who actually has a plan for getting into the temple. And basically talks to Conan and Subotai like they're complete morons. Because they don't have rope. But yeah. she has rope for climbing this giant snake tower. Mm -hmm. yeah, this giant vertical pillar-shaped building. Yeah. Which has ribs. It has ridges. That <laughs> and you a snake and snake heads. Yes, it has 12 <laughs> or some large amount of snake heads. You know, like any phallic object does. <laughs> yes, but, covered in snakes. Yeah, but Subotai, that's his name? Yeah, yeah, he just climbs the thing with his, like, daggers... Yeah. Just hoping oh, yeah. into the sides of the building, which looks very it's impressive. Very cool. Yeah. yeah. So he had a plan the whole time. Yeah, he had a plan. So. I don't know how Conan was going to do I think Conan was just going to stick his hands into the mortar and, and brick yes. and just, like, crunch his way through, like, the Hulk. <laughs> uh, so they break in. So Conan wins. <laughs> <laughs> They, they break into the temple. They kill a giant in, snake. Yeah, infiltrate, kill a giant snake, kill a few more of the cultists uh, at, on their way out just for giggles. We were just trying to have nudie fun cult time also. Oh yeah, steal yeah. a bunch of gems. Those poor snake cultists. Yes. They steal a very special gem too. Do you remember the name? The Serpent's Eye? I think Something along those eye. lines? Yeah, yeah it's yes. a large red gem. Yeah, Conan yoinks it. But just when you think that this uh, this group that they have is going to stick together forever, Conan drops the bombshell that he's not willing to give up his revenge quest against Thulsa Doom and the Snake Colt. And he basically pieces out on Valeria and Subotai so he can go pursue revenge, like a good Sumerian would do. It's true. And this is especially tragic because uh, Conan and what is... 
Valeria. Valeria. They were hooking up, and they were kind of they were kind of starting to get along. Yeah. Both Chads. They they were like they're both total chads. eating a lot of yeah. food together. They were both muscular, inhumanly. <laughs> they, you know, they had both had that warrior spirit, and they you know they bedded for a few days. Yeah, they really had a lot in common. They had some good chemistry. It was sad to see those two kids break up. Yes, mm-hmm. I really thought they were gonna make it. But mm-hmm. Conan said fuck it and bailed. <laughs> yeah, right to go on his revenge quest. Yep. So in the morning. He left before she woke up. Yeah. yeah. He, he takes off, does some, some snake cult hunting, has a problematic encounter with a priest of the snake cult. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Before that, um, the way he finds a direction of how to get to the cult lair is uh, we meet the wizard, who's the narrator for the movie. Oh, I thought that was later. No. No, it's right before. The wizard is a man who lives on a beachside shack yeah. in a coat made out of, like, horror. <laughs> <laughs> like, that, it, no, it can't really easily be described. No, it really can't be. It it's is... rags and bones and seaweed. I don't even yeah, know. It's, just, <laughs> it's a blur in your vision. I'm sure it smelled as good as your description sounds. Yes. <laughs> they share some uh, dinner. Conan pieces out in the morning. He goes and infiltrates the cult, yep. uh, beats up a priest to take his robes, yeah. just kind of makes his way through the ranks to the main temple. But then basically gets caught right away when he shows off the, the snake amulet that he found in the snake cult temple from the last town. Oh yeah, that's right. He stole that uh, symbol. It's like a large jade pendant. He shows it off. He thinks it's going to get him through... The ranks. Yeah, it does. It does not. But that's because well, they're going to go show it to the freaking lieutenants and yeah. take Rexor it Rexor and the other guy from Spinal Tap. Yes. Yeah. The, the two uh, lieutenants of Thulsa Doom look like roided up versions of Spinal Tap. It's actually pretty incredible. They can only be described as thick. They are very thick. thick. <laughs> yeah. They've got some sweet leather jackets, though. Yeah, like, that's yeah. true. Yeah, so Conan gets beaten up. He gets his hand stepped on. Ouchie, ouchie. You know, he's crying. He's upset. He's Bloody bleeding. and beaten, yeah. He's bleeding in the fountain. Yeah. And, uh... <laughs> and, uh, uh Thulsa Doom has him put on the Tree of Woe. Which just means they crucify him to this tree, pretty much. Yeah. yeah. Woe is him. Yep. <laughs> Woe indeed. Then we get, like, kind of an unnecessary, like, uh, trick of vision where... He sees Subotai coming, and then we think it's a mirage. But no, it was really Subotai coming to oh, rescue his friend. And Valeria is with him. They take him back to the uh, magician. The wizard. The wizard. Um, <laughs> they wrap him up like a mummy. They, they tattoo him. They wrap him up like a swaddling baby. And um, they fight for his body from all the spirits that come in there. Oh, yeah. Trying to right. take his body Classic away. spirit yeah. fight. Yeah, yeah. The wizard is just like, you want to see some crazy shit? <laughs> and they're like, yeah, resurrect him. And he summons basically demons. The entire film becomes red hue. Yeah. And they're like, oh, shit. It'll either kill him even more or it'll save him. Yeah. And so they have to fight off these demons. But, yeah, it, it ends up working out in their favor after what seems like a few days of recuperation. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He comes before back. you know it, they're they're back to raiding snake cults. It's yeah. true. 
So they go back to the main snake temple again yeah. that's in the mountains. Uh, to they, orgy land. They uh, yes. have themselves all painted up to kind of blend in with the shadows. Oh, yeah, they go full-on commando style. It's yeah. pretty, oh, pretty great look. Sick. They, they paint find, themselves. Yeah. yeah. Classic Schwarzenegger. A, a back entrance through some caves. And um, they kind of stealth their way into the back, yeah. find an orgy going on. And, and don't even participate. I mean, come on. You think they might? Uh, you think they there, might be there's the a second. There's, there's a, a second moment now. where they're all looking at it and they seem kind of interested, but then they snap out of it. But they're <laughs> stealthy commandos. You know, they're doing a great job of infiltrating and keeping their mind on the job. But at the same time, there is a man, an executioner, snake man, guard person. Well, I think he's a cook. Up. He's a cook. Uh, turning in a cauldron this bubbling green poisonous looking stew that it has like human hands yeah. floating inside it's of it. like yeah. pea soup but less gross yes you're right <laughs> yeah. yeah and so and uh, so some of the orgiers <laughs> orgiests orgiests uh, orgy up, enthusiasts orgies grab some uh, human fingers to nom on yeah and, that looks uh, tasty then uh, Conan and his buds fucking come in and start slaughtering everybody. Yeah, really pretty mean the way that they handle it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, was this the scene where Mr. Bad turns into a snake? Yes. So in this moment, uh, we get this uh, kind of interesting practical effects transformation of... James Earl Jones into a giant snake man. Yep. And then, I guess, just into a giant snake. Yeah. Snake So, work. we've totally forgot to mention that um, they were hired by a king oh, yeah. to find oh. his uh, daughter who was... Right, King Max von Sydow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, he hired them to... Go uh, find his daughter who had been absorbed by the cult. She'd been uh, brainwashed, brainwashed, or something along those lines. Yeah. Converted. Um, so they find her there as a priestess of this cult, and they um, try to liberate her. So they they actually do yoink her at this point, yeah. and um, they kill a ton of guards. Just so many of these poor guards who are just there doing their jobs. Just protecting the orgy. Yeah, I mean, they're getting back on their horses, getting ready to make their escape with the princess who's fighting them the whole way. Yeah, she is not in the being, quote, um, rescued. They're they're charging out of there, and uh, Thulsa Doom fucking takes a snake from... He, he's watching them from a ledge, and he takes a snake from off his shoulder, straightens it like an arrow, and shoots it from a bow. Pretty slick move. Yeah. And a hell of a shot, too. He gets her in one. Yeah. So he get, he hits Valeria. Yep. And uh, she says that was the price she told the wizard she was willing to pay for Conan coming back from the dead. Oh, that's yeah. right. That's right. Not the law of equivalent exchange. <laughs> a life so, for a In life. the end, I feel like she gets a pretty good deal. But yeah. we'll, we'll get to that in a minute. Um, so they get back to the wizard in the beach, and they basically know that Thulsa Doom is going to come raid their camp. Yep. With all of the remaining lieutenants that they left alive. 
So they get ready for a siege. I mean, this is some, like, real uh, impromptu trap building and some pretty, uh, you know, brutal trap smithing and such as as they're preparing. Montage. 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 Trap building montage. Gotta have one of those. Yeah, a lot of sharpened sticks sticking out of the sand. Some spring traps. They've got armor. Fake soldiers. Yeah, they've got the works going yep. on. That's we, where Rambo got all of his ideas. Yes. I think I think Rambo probably came first, but I'm not sure. <laughs> well, I mean, chronologically within the Hyperborea universe. Yeah. Okay, fair exactly. point. I, I forgot you, about yeah. I forgot about yeah. the, <laughs> I forgot that Rambo took place in the Hyperborea in Robert E. Howard's universe. It's yeah. true. In our universe, Rambo kills himself at the end. Fair yes. point. Fair in point. this fantasy universe, he doesn't. That's the one and where out with multiple movies. <laughs> <laughs> multiple movies that become increasingly jingoistic as you go. Yes, exactly. So, so we have this this fight between Conan and Subotai and the Spinal Tap guys and the rest of the army. Yeah, it's a pretty gruesome fight. As uh, oh yeah. yes, there's a prayer right before the fight. Yes. Yes. Conan praying to Krom. Basically, it comes down to Krom, help us win this fight, and if you don't, go to hell. Yeah. Basically. Exactly. Which I think Krom would probably appreciate if he was listening. Yes. But the fight goes on. It's very bloody. Yeah. Yes. A few good tricks were pulled during the fight. Yeah, yeah. A couple good uh, uh, roguish behaviors and maneuvers. It Mm. was set amongst (laughs) these old ruins, so there's actually some interesting uh, fighting in between all the ruins of the buildings and their traps and everything. Yep. They they trick one of the Spinal Tap guys. Yeah, there is some satisfaction. The traps do get sprung and people get caught in them. Yeah. We also get the great moment where Valeria returns as a Valkyrie for some reason that I'm not entirely clear on. You know, and and she, complete in, like, shining silver armor. And she asks Conan, do you want to live forever? Yeah. And you know what? That's that's a really important question. I that Every time she says that, I'm like, yes, I do. I absolutely <laughs> want to live forever. Why do you keep asking me this? <laughs> but I don't know what Conan calls Shining lady. Is. Yeah. Um, and this whole time, by the way, uh, the princess is chained up to a huge stone that's overlooking the entire battlefield. Right. She's, uh, she seems to, like, finally come to some realization that maybe the snake cult wasn't the best idea for her. That's only after Thulsa Doom tries to fucking yank, yeet her with another fucking snake. Yep, yeah. which is blocked by Subotai. Yeah. Yes. After yes, after she gets betrayed by the snake cult, she starts calling out for her dad. Yeah. I mean yeah. that part's kind of sad. I I will say I'm impressed that like it only took her being uh, you know, almost killed by her cult leader one time for her to kind of realize like hey maybe this isn't the religion for me maybe i'll get in the wicca next summer yeah Yeah. her flesh must have been pretty weak because the strong flesh did die for him that's true so (laughs) that's an interesting uh point that you made yeah it's true so this is when she uh becomes a member of team conan yes and uh at this point thulsa doom just kind of takes off they go back to the snake temple for a fucking third time this is is (laughs) third trip this is the big snake temple, not to be confused with the earlier tower snake temple. 
No, um, this one isn't fast. There's a few snake temples in this movie. So this time, Conan ain't playing. He's no. going back. He's going to kill Thulsa Doom. But going commando style again with uh, with the, the princess kind of That's right. leading the way. They do go back through that back entrance through the caves. And um, make their way all the way through to the temple entrance. Mm-hmm. Yep. Where there is a large ceremony going on. Yeah, where, there's classic yeah. cult fire uh, torch ceremony. Right. Where Mr. Doom is uh, addressing the crowd. And uh, it's at this point that Conan makes himself known by just walking yep. up to him. Yep. I mean, you would definitely notice if Arnold was walking up behind you. I mean, like, everybody in the audience is like, whoa, look at those pecs. you yes. got to admire Thulsa Doom's deme- demeanor at oh. that point because he just straight up starts acting like he planned the whole thing. Oh, to, yeah, to classic his, villain. To all of his followers, he's just like, look, come here, Conan. Show yourself to my people. We are totally bros, right? Yeah. <laughs> look who's come to join the snake cult. <laughs> look how fucking strong your flesh is. I mean, <laughs> come on. Uh, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He tries to give that snake guy to Conan and uh, mesmerize him. Right. And it kind of seems like it's going to work for a split second there. Yeah, they really they really build the tension with that one. Yeah. <laughs> For like five For seconds. For two seconds. Yeah. <laughs> He's basically trying to argue to Conan, like, oh, if you kill me... And I'm your entire reason for living. What reason will you have to live once I'm gone? And, that you does know, get to him for a second. Yeah, it does. Yeah, but, that was a compelling argument. I, yeah. I, I was, I was on board with that. Yeah. I mean, maybe it's just that sweet, sweet James Earl Jones voice. It's it is true. mesmerizing on its own. You ASMR. don't even need those snake eyes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, but no, Conan ain't having it. He suddenly just seems to snap out of it. Yep. Yeah, probably his boiling rage, I'd say. Yeah, and before you know it, boink, off goes Thulsa Doom's head. But very realistically, it takes multiple hacks to get that head to come off. <laughs> and yeah. it's uh, rolling down the temple steps in a very undignified manner. It was a gutter yeah. ball. It definitely <laughs> went off to the yeah. side of the stairs, too. And at that point, like, the cultists are like, okay, well... Peace, like, we're going to throw out our torches here. I guess Snake Cult isn't our deal. Don't want uh, Conan to eviscerate us all. Best just to throw in the towel. Yeah, yeah. they just kind of bounce. And um, the princess uh, meets Conan partway up the steps, and she bows to him. And uh, he just takes one of the lanterns that's there, throws it around... Uh, gladiator kind of style. And swinging it. Swinging it around his head. <laughs> and then he throws it up to the temple, which is made of stone. Yes. And the throw is a few hundred feet, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, this is Vertical. like Olympic hammer throw style tossing this brazier. And um, it just kind of sets fire. You think for a second, okay, maybe it's the oil that was in the lamp that's, like, burning across the steps. No, it was Conan's burning rage. (laughs) (laughs) That's how hot that his rage burned, was that he turned this brazier into napalm. Oh, my God. And uh, it shows him kind of walking right. He's just kind of not even looking. He's too cool to look back at the fire. He's carrying the princess in his arms. 
it shows a shot of them walking away with the temple behind them. That thing is full on fucking on fire. It's stone. It's just on fire. <laughs> and then we kind of get the the final end narration that I think like I think maybe you guys will agree kind of alludes to what would have been a better movie, which is the story of how Conan became the king of this world that he didn't even want to be a king of. Yeah, and like but then we get this sweet view of Arnold, like, aged and all badass on his Conan throne, looking like the all most... All furs. Yeah, Big looking like this, this totally dissatisfied uh, king. Yeah, this amazing beard. I'm like, that... Where is this movie? And then they give you blue balls for that movie, and they say, that's a story for another time. Yeah, but I don't remember mm. what Conan the Destroyer is like, so maybe maybe we'll, uh, maybe we'll find out that that's kind of what the, the sequel ends up being. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll watch that for another another night. Yeah, but there's our way over long uh, explanation of the plot. Okay, so that was our uh, very brief summary of the movie. Just wow. giving Succinct. it the bare bones. So fast. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we can take a moment to talk about some of our favorite quotes if we want to. I mean, we did that a little bit already, but I mean, I like when he yells "Crom." Yeah. By Crom, I was I was <laughs> just <trying> to, like that. <laughs> I was trying to figure out during the movie if he said it like if he was specifically calling out to Crom in those moments, or if it was like his way of being like, "Oh Jesus Christ!" Like, <laughs> is it just his exclamation Expletive? of confoundment? Yeah, maybe. Maybe kind of all of it. You know, Crom is. He's kind of everything. <laughs> That's true. For the god of a forge who lives in a mountain, he's kind of everywhere. Yeah. Omnipotent <laughs> in Conan's mind. Yeah. Or semi, at least. He is. He's, yeah, he is omnipotent and he omnipresent. Can do like so much, and he can be different people. <laughs> and yet, he chooses not to do any of that. Yes. <laughs> he's like, I like to build weapons. <laughs> Pretty neat. I just really thought um, all of the quotes about the enigma of steel or the secret of steel or the riddle of steel, they, they kind of talk about all those things about um, this mystery of creating weapons out of steel that are stronger than all other weapons. Right. That is, is kind of cool. But it's also kind of funny because um, it's not actually very important to the rest of the movie. Well, it's kind of like Beowulf in that way, right? Like, it's the... Like, he, he, the That's weapons true. always fail him. Although, I guess that doesn't really happen to Conan. Yeah. But you do get this kind of repeated theme of, like, the forging of weapons. Like, the movie starts with the forging of weapons. And then they ruin it by shoving a red-hot blade into the snow... After forging yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, let me just ruin this thing. And then that sword breaks, right? Fuck this sword. Yeah, it does break later in the movie. Yeah, yeah so does. I mean, I guess the, the filmmakers knew that that was a terrible way to in forge In fact, sword. that's the same broken sword he uses to cut off Mr. Doom's head. Yeah, exactly. His yeah. father, the sword his father made is like kind of ends up being the cyclical aspect of the film. And before I forget to mention this, one of the side characters I kind of love to hate that's not even in the film for more than maybe 30 seconds <laughs> is mm. the cheesy Ren Faire quality <laughs> belly dancer that's in one of the towers. <laughs> yeah, you did like that. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> she was like, I'm belly dancing right 
Oh, no. It was so terrible. <laughs> I can just imagine those people so vividly. <laughs> but, uh, and then there's something about uh, seeing your enemies driven before you, but I don't think anyone really remembers that. <laughs> nah. But, uh, yeah, also the thing about the flesh being stronger than steel, right? Yes. So the example he gives... Of flesh being stronger than steel is an example of flesh breaking, also. <laughs> Just like to point out when she dies, that's not strange. Wait, are you saying that there might be some holes in Tulsa Doom's philosophy? Yes. In oh. fact, what is, what is his goal in life? He's a cult leader right now. Earlier, he explained it was to get steel from the tribes. And then later he's like, yeah, but flesh is stronger. Well, he says that he realized that in his youth he wanted steel because he thought steel was strong. But as he's grown older and wiser, he's realized that it is actually flesh that is stronger. They, yeah. I think that the writers just thought that sounded cool because his, um, <laughs> his, his example of flesh being stronger than steel is using charisma. So yeah. what the fuck is he even talking about? I mean... Oh, yeah, wait, what is he talking about? <laughs> well, I mean, your charisma stat is like a combination of your force of personality, your attractiveness, you know. Well, so what he's saying is charisma is stronger than steel. Because it's his yeah. charisma that gets that girl to jump to her death. It's true. I have some notes about the themes of the movie. Okay. And, um, That's what so, we're here for, right? <laughs> kind of. Boy, I've been waiting. Uh, <laughs> um, some of the main themes are obviously revenge and sacrifice. Fathers. Mm -hmm. Definitely fathers are a big theme. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Recurring uh, uh, concern and, yeah. and visual. Authority figures. Authority really. figures. Yeah, and well, we start with sorting authority figures. We start with like the images of Conan with his father on the mountain, and like learning about Krom, who's the father of the Sumerians, I guess. Krom seems to be. And then we've got Thulsa Doom, the kind of like father figure of his cult. We've got Max von Sydow, all of our daddies. <laughs> yes. All of ours, daddy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Who wants his daughter back and and pays Conan and his party to to go out and find her. Right. Mm -hmm. And then the the cyclical part of the end where Conan uses his father's blade to kill Thulsa Doom, the father figure. And mm -hmm. Thulsa Doom, uh, in his argument, trying to get Conan not to kill him, basically claims to be like a father figure to Conan. Yeah. Saying that he kind of raised him by putting him in the life that he... That he had, yeah. and his whole life is based around hunting him down. So he's like, you know, I've kind of led you through life, if you think about it, like a dad. But you will never dare for me, dad. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to the grocery store. Yeah. <laughs> so, he's going to get some smokes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Another one was reclaiming, uh, kind of a part of the cyclical father... Uh, theme is reclaiming one's lost power or honor, and that's yeah. that's part of Conan's revenge. Um, the sword is a symbol for Conan. He wants to get his father's sword back, right? And it's also kind of a symbol of his people. So he wants to get revenge for his people. Where does he get the sword back? Because he finds the one sword in the crypt. The oh. lieutenant is using it, mm -hmm. right? 
remember. Yeah, one. Rexor or the other Spinal Tap guy. One one of the members of Spinal Tap. <laughs> yes. and These swords go to eleven. Yeah. yeah, and Conan is the one that cuts it in half in combat. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's yes. right. So he must um, not like his dad very much. Well, his dad forged it in the snow. Yeah. Or cooled it in the snow. It made it very brittle. <laughs> I thought that the part where his he slashes through his own father's sword that he's been searching for as a way to redeem his lost honor is kind of a part where he's kind of coming into his own power because he realizes he doesn't need it anymore. And his mighty flesh is strong enough to break mm-hmm. through this weak steel. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So yes, exactly, yes. He's coming into his own power at that moment. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I like that. like it. Oh, it also has to do with uh, usurping traditional authority figures. Yeah, he kind of is the, becoming... Your parent, a king, you know, a religious leader. And this is Conan's road to kinghood, as we can tell from the end narration. It's kind of like God of War a little bit. Oh, I love it. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> Boy! <laughs> Where's Conan's son? Yeah. You just kind of reminded me because... Um, Kratos. Kratos. He's... Obvious Conan figure. <laughs> you know, he goes through the games killing all the gods on his path to godhood. And hey, spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> I think we spoiled Conan also. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, and so it's not just Conan going on this journey. A lot of other... Many of the other characters are actually on this journey of usurping authority because yeah. um all the people who are following the snake cult can follow fall within that well they're not usurping the power or they're not resisting the power they're falling for the power yeah but they are kind of rejecting right. the power of their uh kings and town or city state leaders to join this cult Good, good point. And also, I mean, just with within Conan's band, they're all kind of this lawless group. Like Conan, Valeria, and uh, Subotai seem to be kind of rejecting uh, whatever other uh, like kind of lifestyles that they come from. I mean, you know, nobody is raised into the adventuring lifestyle. There are these three adventurers. That means that they've kind of rejected the bonds of society and you know yeah. traditional. Like indentured servitor work that would exist probably in this world. They're not merchants or farmers or anything. They're kind of thieves. They're basically thieves, <laughs> which is, in some regards, the ultimate form of rebellion. Is yeah. Thievery. Yeah, and they and are. They're kind of making their own path. Right. Uh, it's kind of part of another theme that I was thinking about: it personal empowerment. Oh, nice. Mm. Yeah. So they, I they felt took... very empowered yeah. watching this movie about a very mighty large man. So this was, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. This was uh, repeated uh, in several ways throughout the movie. But when they kind of stole the jewels and kind of took wealth for themselves. Oh, yeah. Um, Taking it from the rich and yeah. giving it. To the poor. To themselves. Themselves. (laughs) Who were poor. (laughs) Right. Oh, another thing about those jewels. Yeah. Is, um, Mr. Doom 
would like it back multiple times throughout the film. It's not exactly stated why. But, I mean, it's a big, nice gem, mm -hmm. so there's that reason. The Eye of the Serpent. Which, it seems important to him. Which he put, yeah. Which Conan put on a necklace for Valera? Valeria. Valeria. The yeah. name. We're going to get you cue cards. I like get it, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, he puts it on a necklace for Valeria, and then when she dies before the final fight, he takes off his his mill necklace. Right, he rejects the mill that, w that gave him his strength. And then he puts on the gem necklace, ah. the Eye of the Serpent, the, where, you know, strength through friendship. Right. Very nice. And yes. thievery. Yes, and thievery. Liberation. I'm sorry, liberation. <laughs> no. Right. So he's kind of accepting the power that his friends give him. Oh, yeah, nice. I like it. Mm -hmm. I, I think we should talk a little bit about his relationship with the other two uh, major characters, too. I mean, he and he and Valeria have this... Oh, yeah, the three uh, major characters, if you include the wizard. Mm. They they have more of a, a, a jokey, friendly relationship. But, yeah. like, his relationship with Valeria is interesting. They kind of meet on these interesting terms where she has a sense of what she's doing and helps Conan break into this cult. But she has her own reason for being there. Conan's trying to get revenge. She's mostly just there to, like, make a buck. Yeah. Yeah, when Pretty they get much. the job from the king, doesn't she actually try to talk him out of it? Yeah. She says she doesn't want to be a hero, right? Yes, yeah. that's definitely. Yeah. She, um... Wants to take the gems that the king paid them in, which is kind of a dick move, by the way. Like, yeah. he didn't have any... He's kind of cash poor. Yeah, he's very <laughs> cash poor. He's a, he's a cash poor king. I so, guess I can only pay you in valuable rubies. Oh, yeah, we'll take those. <laughs> I mean, for now. If you we, gotta. <laughs> <laughs> we'll expect some, you know, some gold when we come back, but... Totally, I can do that. <laughs> um... But yeah, she wanted to just take the gems he gave them and, and take it off with it together. Yeah, so so she's definitely, I'd say, chaotic neutral. Right. And mm. actually, I thought that was part of her message of empowerment because uh, she talks in that scene about dictating your own path and not being beholden to what others expect of you and finding happiness for yourself. But it's just Classic kind of, chaotic neutral. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, that was a note I had about that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But that's the scene where you really get a sense for how much meeting somebody like Conan, like how much that means to her. Mm -hmm. Because she basically says that she never had that kind of connection with anybody before. Yeah. Oh, well, that just makes the part where he decides to leave her even sadder. I know, she's crying. Oh. Well, now yeah. I feel bad for Valeria. I mean, yeah. I guess I was dead, but now I feel more bad for Valeria. Well, she brings she, him back to life. She doesn't hold him true. against him, yeah. She finds him and brings him back to life. With true love's kiss, right? Yeah. <laughs> by true or, love's kiss, you mean fighting off hordes of demons. Horrible yeah. demons. <laughs> tomato, tomato. <laughs> Yes. I like that version a lot better. <laughs> <laughs> Fighting off demons? I would fight off demons for you. Aw, that's so sweet. <laughs> you must survive three waves. Alright. Does this sound familiar? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I want to talk about Subotai, because I feel like 
he's a major and important character who we don't get to learn a lot about through like the main text, but you know, I think we get some subtextual clues. He's got about a him. good sense of humor about life and death. He's got a really good perspective. Yeah, he's not afraid of of living or dying. When he first met Conan, and Conan asked him what he was doing by the witch's hut, he holds up his chains that he's chained to a rock, and he says, "I'm food food for wolves." He really has he really has come to terms with uh, about with his about to be eaten by wolf status. Yeah, I respect that. Yeah. He's also very smart. In yes. the skirmish at the end, he's the arranged character, right? Oh yeah, he's so an he archer. He a bow, and he runs out of arrows in a final in the final fight. He's being chased by two men. He turns around and aims at them with the bow, which has no arrows, making them flinch, giving them just enough time for them to be jumped by someone else. I think so, or to fall into a trap. That part was great. Yeah, it he was. shocks them by. Bluffing, and he gets yep. away with it. Total uh, yep. bluff. Total, really he great. makes his bluff check. He succeeds at his uh, DC. Yeah. And uh, you know, he 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 really is like a, a great trickster character. He's got a good, you know, kind of humorous fatalism to him. Uh, he's he's clever. He he has good plans and stuff. Mm. He's clearly helping with like the traps and stuff, and, and like kind of the planning. So. Yeah. yeah. He can climb, he jokes, he can bluff, he can <laughs> shoot a bow. I don't know what you're getting at. Yeah, he's just uh, Dex Charisma. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> I, I think you're right. Um, and the wizard, he's a really cool guy. You don't even really get to know his name, do you? Uh, I think Who's I read that wizard? he... I think that I read that he does have a name, maybe from the books, but I'm pretty sure in the cast list he's just called the wizard. Um, yeah, and he's, he's a pretty cool guy. He, uh, kind of seems like he doesn't want company, and then he warms up pretty fucking quickly to them. <laughs> I, I mean, Conan obviously has got some pretty solid charisma, too. That's true. Like, everybody seems to kind of glom onto him and just be instantly pulled to his... I mean, the gravitational pull of his abs alone is probably like part <laughs> you know, of it. I was about yeah. to say the same thing. But about <laughs> his pecs. Yeah. Planets. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Planetary. Planetary pectoral. But um, oh, something nice. that was impressive, actually, he doesn't just relegate himself to ritual and magic. When the there's the battle scene at the end, he is in armor trying to help them fight with yeah, even though he clearly does not have armor proficiency, he is wearing this armor, and he is so proud of himself when he murders a man. I know. He is just, he is over the moon for yeah. having killed someone. Yeah. yeah. He's clearly done it before, too. He keeps the snake cult away by threatening to summon demons constantly. That's also, I think you mentioned something about keeping taxes away also. <laughs> I, think you, I think you mentioned something about that. The libertarian wizard of the mountain, you mean? Uh, he just doesn't want to pay you. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Stay off my land! Oh, yep. boy. Summoning demons, as far as I know, was his kind of one-trick pony. It seems I think like that's maybe. really all you need. <laughs> yeah. Summoning demons and avoiding the government. Yep. So, I think we should kind of get into our rating for 
the movie. Um, I agree. This uh, we we have concocted a very systematic and scientific rating system. So uh, I, I will go around and give this movie a rating in swords, one to ten swords. One to ten. Okay. Um. So I'm just, I'll go ahead and start uh, because this movie is Conan and it's so much a staple of the genre and it's such a groundbreaking piece of cinema for this uh, style of film. It really did a lot of new things. It's got a, a fantastic score and everything. So I'm going to just go ahead and give this movie 9 out of 10 swords. Interesting. And we're we're rating this within the confines of swords and satire, right? That's right. Yes. yes. Perfect. Yes. Perfect. How does this hold up to the other movies in this milieu? Oh, holy. Well, it is very enjoyable. And I think compared to a lot of other swords and satire films, which you all will encounter at some point. Uh, Randomly it, encounter. Yes. <laughs> it has very... Uh, the story is actually much better developed than a lot of the other ones. The characters are very likable. I think all of them. Their chemistry is great. I believe they're all good friends. <laughs> you know, so in a way, the acting kind of kills it, you know? The, the <laughs> I don't know what you're talking nice. about. Huh? <laughs> the, all the outfits, so many outfits, really. They should bring back that, like, Barbie collection with Conan. <laughs> the Conan Barbies, yeah. Just, he had so many outfits. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna... Uh, I might put it, uh, if just for the genre, in a 10 out of 10 sword. I can see it. Excalibur see it. level, broke my dad's sword, 10 out of 10. <laughs> <laughs> I love That's it. That's pretty good. Chelsea? Yeah, I'm definitely going to give it more swords as well. I mean, it. this is a foundational movie yes. for the swords and sorcery genre, mm -hmm. swords and satire to us. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so much has been based on, uh, the ideas they presented in this movie, the shots, and, uh, the themes that we talked about, and, uh, it was very enjoyable to watch, um, mm. I loved the idea of this nebulous idea of Krom. I still don't totally understand. <laughs> That's okay, but neither does Conan. Krom. <laughs> I think I'm also going to give it a 9 out of 10 swords. Nice. nice. So, yeah. I mean, this is as close as we're probably ever going to come to a perfect movie. I yeah. Think. <laughs> Just wait till we tell these fine people about Cole. Oh, I do love Cole. We'll see. We'll see if it holds up. Yeah. We'll see. It's been Cole some time. Cole the Conqueror. Mm. Um, okay. So we have another segment we wanted to try out. Yes. Where we probably the most important segment. Yeah, where we talk about the movie and the characters, the setting, the world that's been created in the movie from with an RPG perspective. Yes, I like to call this segment "Can You Roleplay It." Um, I, I guess we should start with the titular character of Conan. Yeah. The Barbarian. Oh, I remember him. He's. <laughs> He's titled a barbarian, but I don't buy it. No, I, I would say that in like the D and D fantasy role playing world, he is definitely not a barbarian. I mean, first off, he can read and write, so that puts out like third edition and earlier barbarians. 
Even when he's shown being a gladiator, he seems to be pretty measured in the way he fights. It's very yeah. tactical. He doesn't go into a rage ever. He's too smart. <laughs> he has, like, a general rage yeah. that is driving him, but he doesn't have, like, a specific rage that he goes into. No. Right. I kind of thought Rogue, maybe... Uh, he has that charisma. Yeah, he's got that charisma. He's got great stealth. You know, he and his friends, they sneak constantly. All, all three of them. All movie, they're sneaking everywhere they go. It is like a real Elder Scrolls scenario here. Yeah. They're sneaking everywhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they really Even when they don't necessarily need to. Yes, they developed the mechanic, and by Crom, they're going to use it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so guys, hear me out. I know this is crazy, but I really feel like this version of Conan is a ranger with favorite enemy humans. <laughs> he's really good at... He's really... And, and, you know, at fifth level or whatever, depending on what system you're playing, when he gets another favorite enemy, definitely beasts so he can fight snakes. Yeah, but he's really good at ki killing humans, guys. Oh boy, <laughs> he is. That's true. He's stealthy. He builds traps. You know, some additions have. Uh, you know, obviously he's not a, a ranger that uses magic, so there has to be. You know, but I, there are definitely some some subsystems where you can trade out ranger magic for trap building and trap smithing. He's, he's definitely a trap ranger. He's pretty mistrusting of magic. He hates magic. The dude really dislikes He it. says many times he hates magic. And he says it to the wizard also, who again, <laughs> his only spell is summoning demons <laughs> that we know of. There's, there's a foundation for hating that magic. But, you know, it saved Conan's life. But yeah. In a world where there are spellcasters, Conan is not one of them. No, definitely no. not. So he yeah. would have to be from probably some RPG where there's a non-casting ranger. Yeah, I think so. I also... <laughs> I'm afraid that when we do this segment, we are so often going to have to fall back on, well, this person's a fighter, and that person's a fighter, <laughs> so... But I was, I was thinking outside the box a little bit, and I really liked Ranger for Conan. Yeah, that could work. That's true, but wait, I think you're onto something. What if Conan's a fighter? <laughs> <laughs> yes, that was weapon proficiency. <laughs> um, how about Subotai? Oh, Subotai. I think he could be a rogue. I'm yeah. I was saying how dexterous he was. The He's acrobatics, the, the bluff, the deception. He uses a bow. He's an archer. It's true. Uh -huh. yeah. He's very much a trickster. Mm -hmm. It's true. Yeah, yeah. He's clever, and he's also, you know, again, he's like, he's got the trap skills he's a little bit, the, too. He is the prime trap designer, he's, too. He's definitely got some charisma buffs. It's true. Yeah. He's very calm, too. He's patient. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's true. So he can, He's an infiltrator. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that works, actually. Yeah. And he worships the four winds like all rogues. Yeah, you're, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess that means he's kind of a pirate, right? I don't yeah. know. He's a Maybe not. A pirate. Um, he has a piratey style. Mm hmm. Oh. Yes. What about Valeria? Now, we talked about that Valkyrie. just a little bit. Val okay, well. Well, no, not till later. <laughs> I definitely felt like Valeria was a rogue, and this was the selling point for me. When they meet her, she's got rope. She yeah. comes prepared. Holy, it's true. <laughs> it's true. She also is the most chaotic neutral person in the 
group when the king hires them to save her his daughter she's just like let's just take the money and run come on i mean that is classic rogue <laughs> behavior he was dumb That's enough true. to pay us ahead of time let's get out of here she's Oh, yep. you were saying she's acrobatic too. She's very acrobatic. In the caves, when she they're trying to make their escape after they yoink the princess. Yeah. Uh, she's bounding off of walls to yeah. to yeet guys and everything. Yeah. And she also a, yeah. oh, go ahead. Yeah, she's a killer in one on one combat. Yeah, I'm pretty sure she yeah. backstabs someone too. Yeah. Oh yeah, I think she does. <laughs> yeah. I was saying oh, she, totally she should be a swashbuckler, especially because in the books, I think she was a sailor, right? A pirate. Uh, she a pirate? I think she is a pirate, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it fits. <laughs> but within it's the context true. of the movie, I still think, you know, she's a good duelist. All right. Well, I mean, great party, right? Rogue, rogue, and rancher. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean... Good for any adventure. You could There's make also the, the shaman. Yeah. I mean, the wizard is basically a shaman. That's yeah, true. he's a bit more shaman-y. Yeah. Could demons help? No, please. <laughs> Don't call the demons. <laughs> do you need me I to mean, carry something? Yes, I'll get a demon to do it. <laughs> I was definitely wondering if, like, he's not actually a caster and he just has, like, one magic item that gives him a spell oh, no. he can cast oh, he's once like a per day. Yeah, he's just a liar. He's just an NPC commoner. Oh, I love that. Uh, I could take out my demon rock. No! (laughs) We don't want that. We don't need any fucking demons. (laughs) Um, So, what are. Do we have some interesting, like, uh, magical properties of the world or fantastical properties that are noteworthy? Um, I mean, there's people who can turn into snakes, but I guess that means. Thulsa Doom might be like a druid. Yeah, we never got a backstory on He's how like he a, got a those abilities. He's like a dark druid. That's pretty cool. He might be like a dark druid. I could see it. Yeah. Oh, like a Nidloshi. Yeah. That's oh, cool. Yeah. That'd be pretty neat. He's yeah. got like uh, some shape shifting powers. He's got some compulsion powers. I think. Yeah, Nagloshi works because he can change into a, several different types of human form or snake form. Yeah, and he does have those charms. Yeah, he does, like, charm person pretty often. Mm-hmm, that's hmm. true. And he can turn snakes into arrows. That has to be a spell. Yeah. Right? That's not normal. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure that's a spell, yeah. I'm sure that's a common spell. Snakes to arrows. Yes. <laughs> it's like the old sticks to snakes, just, you know... Probably better, maybe. Uh, yeah. Just as good. Yeah. It seems to be a killing blow no matter where he hits on the body. Well, I mean, <laughs> it buries a venomous snake into your body when he shoots you, so. Yeah. yeah. Pretty efficient. Pretty efficient way to kill. And, now, and it seems to be able to just go right through bone. Mm-hmm. Yes. Now, do we think the wizard... Yeah, you said a shaman, but... It could be. Y- yeah. I could see him as, like, a warlock. Oh, Because all of... Well, he does say... uh, It's implied he knows more spells than summoning demons. Okay. But it is a... uh, He also does say that the spells he casts has to be through the aid of spirits. Okay. So... He could be, like, some sort of free-form cleric of the spirits or a warlock of perhaps undead... Or Celestials. Okay, yeah. okay, yeah. That's, that, you make a pretty good case In for fact, that, actually. In fact, if he was a Celestial Warlock, 
He did bring Conan back from the dead. He does have some healing magic. He brought Conan back from, or the brink of death, at least. Yes. Yeah. It was kind of unclear whether he was dead or nearly dead. He was mostly dead. Mostly, yeah. 99% dead. Yes. (laughs) But he was healed. Not all dead. Yes. (laughs) Just very, very dead. Um, That's true. Now, this is D&D, but I thought that one reimagining of the world... Could be in Dark Sun. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that definitely... Uh, I think... I would say that the Conan uh, stories definitely were a big influence on... Just kind of the general tone of Dark Sun. Mm-hmm. So I, I definitely think that you've got something there. It's kind of the mistrust of... The generalized mistrust of magic. Yeah, the magicians are powerful and they kind of warp and corrupt mm-hmm. people. The um, world is kind of torn. It's also called Dark Sun. <laughs> and there are two snakes over a dark sun. That's true. As Mr. Doom's sim- corporate symbol. <laughs> Your honor, I would like, I like you to that. look at the evidence. I like that, yeah. the corporate symbol. Yeah. yeah, it's a bleak world. There are different types of deserts. Only a few areas where there's any plant life, really. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think, I think there are more. There are some oases. I think there's a lot more uh, biodiversity in uh, the Howard stories, but I, I still think that it is. Well, we're a, talking well, about the cinematic. There was yeah. a forest Good in his childhood. When, snowy forest. Yes, a snowy forest, mm-hmm. which I guess could technically still be considered a desert. <laughs> but <laughs> well, yeah, well, Ar- the largest uh, <laughs> desert Arctic in the world is. And uh, snowy landscapes are considered to be deserts. And yeah. yeah, anywhere where it doesn't <laughs> rain, right? Yeah, I guess yeah. so. But, uh, yeah, there were plenty of trees up there, I suppose. That's Maybe true. they just live in a very bad area. <laughs> <laughs> so cold. Nobody likes it there. Yeah. yeah. That seemed like a pretty appropriate setting to me. Yeah, I see it. I'm not sure if there's any casting that doesn't have to do with spirits. We don't really hear about it. Well, Thorsa Doom cast. It's true, but we never know what the source of his power is. Maybe there's like a snake deity that helps him out. It would be pretty likely. So, so that would kind of uh, that would take us out of Dark Sun, though, since there are no living, known gods, and magic is basically just sucking all life out of the plant life around you and withers all nature around you when you cast spells in Dark Sun. But hey. It's kind of of a... (laughs) But I definitely think that there's the... You could set it there, though. Yeah, definitely. There's a case to be made for that. I mean, they do worship the gods, but they don't seem to intervene in their lives. So are they really there? That's fair. I mean, can you be a cleric? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if there's clerics in in Conan. (laughs) I mean, I feel like uh, of the traditional D&D classes, like very few movies do anything akin to the clerics. Yep. That we think of in, in our in a lot of RPGs. Like clerics don't tend to be like the religious figures in a lot of fantasy movies aren't necessarily the healers and buffers of yeah, the world. It's true. Yeah, the they, religious folk you see in this one are mostly just like trying to see young women naked and trying to kill them as well. <laughs> Turn into snakes and have orgies. Oh, that old school religion. Yeah. And they like pretty rocks too. This is, I would say this is definitely, like, much like Dark Sun, it's a low magic setting. There's not a lot yeah. of, there's not a lot of people going around casting spells or using magic in their day-to-day lives. It's, it's very rare. 
It's small bits of magic yeah. that are used in kind of more drastic situations. Yeah, mm-hmm. like when you need to turn into a giant snake and go do paperwork. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Now, up kind of to the listener's discretion, you can make any of them a fighter. But, uh, but uh, even the wizard, let's not lie, he could just have, like, a background with ghosts, haunted one, right? And just be a really shit NPC. But, but the ranger with two rogues, I'd say a warlock and then a dark druid as, as, the, their, villain. as their villain in, a, in the desert setting, yeah. Probably Dark Sun if you were going to use D&D. And it makes a really cool adventure path, actually. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I feel like this is a very role-playable movie. Like, you yeah. could you could create a really cool adventure that kind of goes through the story steps of, like, you know, beginning with, like, a gladiatorial thing, kind of amassing a party as you go, and then, like, each of the little set pieces kind of make good vignettes. Tracking down the cult. Kind yeah. of an investigation, you know. Choosing how you're going to infiltrate. Right. And you have a great, I mean, let's be honest, like, James Earl Jones, notoriously one of the best villains in cinema history for a multitude of roles. <laughs> and, you know, great father mm-hmm. figure in uh, The Lion King and Conan. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Star Wars, I guess. Oh, boy. <laughs> All three the best fathers in, yes. in cinema history. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, no, but like you get this great villain who I think would make a great um, RPG villain. Like He's got that interesting dynamic of, you know, he, he has a philosophy that kind of is convincing at some point where he, he has changed his focused from thievery of of you know these small tribes to like kind of feeling like he is beholden to these people that he leads when he starts this cult right and yeah he makes a pretty compelling villain i think it it is almost like he's trying to build himself a family yeah oh <laughs> that's so nice. that's so sweet yeah, yeah. daddy and the way he talks about um, his followers and treats those that are close to him, he's actually very gentle with them. Except for the ones that he makes jump off of cliffs. Yeah, that, that, that not so much. Other than that, they just get to hang out. He is a villain. <laughs> yeah. Other than that, they just get to hang out, orgy it up, and, and eat uh, human flesh. I mean, no big deal, right? Mm-hmm. Everything's good. Yeah. Like most families. Yeah, at one point, one of uh, James Earl Jones... <laughs> is standing up for one of his henchmen. He's like, you killed that giant snake. My henchman raised that snake since he was a hatchling. He's very sad about it. Yeah, you, oh, yeah, that you was, dick. That was kind of heartbreaking. He called the snake one of his children. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Aw. Well, on that uplifting note, I think this is uh, the time to call our first episode of Swords and Satire here. What do you guys think? Is there anything you want to add? Um, I think a good descriptor for the film, uh, if it had to be one word, I think daddy would be a good one. I thought you were going to say perfect. Oh, yes. That too. <laughs> Two words then. Perfect By daddy. Krom. Perfect daddy. Hail Crom. Hail Crom. Hail Crom. All right. Well, until next time. Hail Crom. <laughs> <laughs>